Welcome to Jyotish Conversations, a weekly series presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Each week we feature a half-hour conversation with a leading practitioner of Jyotish, Vedic astrology. Our goal is to make this ancient knowledge interesting, understandable, and somewhat less mysterious. So here's this week's show, and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Anne. How are you today? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I've got a great story for you. Oh, I love stories. <laughs> as as um, as our listeners will know, one of the branches of Jyotish uh, is called Nimitta, which means omens. And in uh, the Brihat Parashara Hora Shastra, they talk about omens, and it's a you know it's a big part of that whole tradition. And I had a great Great experience with that this week. I have, I have two teenage sons, and uh, my I, <laughs> oh, they're wonderful guys. They're great guys, <laughs> and of course, like all teenage boys, they want their driver's license. The oldest one was going to get his motorcycle learner's permit, and the younger son was going to get his regular driving learner's permit. We we're going to do this all together. We were trying to get there a half hour before they open, so it's it's 7.30 in the morning, and we pull into the parking lot, and just as I pull into the parking space, I look up, and there, sitting on the sidewalk, were two big black crows, and so <clears throat> crows are the uh, vahana, the, the, um, the mount, uh, the transportation for Saturn. And, of course, sometimes these, these nimittas work at a level of absolute simplicity. Two boys taking a test? Yeah, this was looking like it wasn't going to turn out so well. <laughs> so, and I have, I have, I have, I think, as anyone can, cultured a certain sensitivity to these, particularly with regard to Saturn. So I was thinking, oh, no. And I wasn't going to, certainly wasn't going to say anything to my sons, but... Mentally, I did uh, the the uh, Vyasa Saturn mantra. Just mentally mm-hmm. um, uh, started to do that. Nilanjana samabhasam raviputram yamagujam chayamartanda sambhutam tam namami sanishcharam. And I did that for, you know, three or four minutes. And as I looked up, we were walking over to get into line. I have this mantra going on in my head. I look up. And there is a single white pigeon, oh. which then flies away. And I thought, well, this is going to be just the ultimate test because the omen seems so clear as far as the you know two Saturns. Uh-huh. And then the white pigeon, that seemed yeah. to be pretty clear. And so off we go and we take our test. And what do you think happened? One one son passed and one son failed. <laughs> wow. So I thought it was sort of interesting because um, it's a combination of uh, the nimitta, just a subtle sign from nature, which sort of, you know, um, suggests the interconnectedness of things. And then also the value of, you know, just a little simple remedial measure. Now, certainly... The skeptics in our audience could say, yeah, but. And, you know, and that's fair enough. But 
it is interesting, and well, it's I prefer to just, think. It's more than just interesting, Ben. What, what I notice about astrology is each of the astrological symbols, a symbol is not a definition. You don't define Saturn. You don't define the Statue of Liberty. It's a symbol, which mm. means it has multiple, multiple, multiple layers of meaning. Right. And its meaning changes according to the context. And when you get in the habit of looking at your world in terms of the symbols, like today, we finally got some rain this weekend in Texas, so finally, my yard looks a little green. Yes. And it's a Wednesday, which is Mercury's day, and green is Mercury's color, and leafy plants, and I don't see a flower out there, it's all just leaves, is Mercury. I had one of those, if you start looking at the world that way, you can you can track the symbols yourself. You don't have to know all of this remedy systems, which we'll talk about. But I had a day like that once. I had ordered an emerald mm. to experiment with a mercury remedy. Mm-hmm. And that day, I was planning on sleeping in, but I think the phone rang every 15 minutes during the time I was trying to sleep in. Right. And the mailman came to the door looking for somebody else, and it was all of this mercury, mercury, mercury activity. And I had students over that afternoon, and then the doorbell rang again, and I said, it's got to be the emeralds. (laughs) And it was, (laughs) because all of the mercury symbolism was so strong. It just kept going and going and going and going, and it just wouldn't stop. Right. And it just, it blows me away. And sometimes I'll, I'll assign students to take a planet and study its symbolism and watch for omenology. Watch right. how a symbol of that planet will appear just before another symbol of that planet appears, just before another one. And then you can predict what the next event will be in your life almost. Well, I think also, it, yeah, I think there's a developing sensitivity that's that's really great. And I think I think um, in one of the other uh, podcasts is that uh, uh, I did with Penny Farrow, she makes the point that it's also a very fine line between being sensitive and open to these omens um, and being purely superstitious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, clearly it, it would not have been – uh, productive for me to say, okay, boys, sorry, um, you know, I've got bad omens here. Um, we're going home. Right, right. That doesn't work, and 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 I so I think I think it's I think it's to me, it's, it's a heads it's, up. It's right. just kind of heads up here. Watch, be yeah. aware. It's information, and mm-hmm. and certainly to the extent, and I'm absolutely a firm believer in the power of mantras, to the extent that I had the heads up and then was able to do something. You know, perhaps on a subtle level to help, um, I think is important. Response, right? From the white pigeon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think I I think it's I think it's an area of great interest, and I think it can be very 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 valuable, but also you know something you have to be careful not to overdo. Bernadette Brady wrote a fabulous book called Astrology, A Place in Chaos. Mm. It's a very thin book, but it's brilliant. And she likens the birth chart to something in fractal 
sciences and chaos theory. Right. Which we um, lay people know as the butterfly's wing effect. Right. And the scientific. Well, wait, you better, you better say. Okay. <laughs> you better explain that it, because I'm not sure that, that everybody the, will know that reference. Sure. The, the, it's the idea that the, the simple flap of a butterfly's wing in China could lead to this, that leads to this, that leads to this, that leads to a typhoon in Central America. Right. And the acronym, ac- acronym, yeah. acronym for that is um, SDIS, sensitive, SDIC, sensitive dependence on initial condition. And she says that's the birth chart. Hmm, interesting. So it's just that little subtle flap of the wing that sets the life on a trajectory that can eventually, you know, end up with a typhoon or an Academy Award, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I, cool. it's it's the rhythms of nature. Um, I, you know, for, and, and I think we're all sensitive to different things. Um, I, I do know that during the periods of time when Mercury is retrograde, I can mm-hmm. almost always predict, partly because I spend most of my time working with computers, that something is really going to go wrong. I mean, and it works like clockwork. And so gradually I've learned um, before Mercury goes retrograde to make sure I've backed everything up and then not do anything to my computers new. Just sort mm-hmm. of let them be. <laughs> yeah, and to take that to its extreme... I know a man who is the IT head for a major, major, major um, international network service. Uh-huh. Services like McDonald's, Radio Shack. Yeah. Some of those I've right. made up. Some of them I haven't, but big yeah. name companies. Yeah, yeah. He knows astrology, and before retrograde Mercury, he backs up all drives and doubles the tech support staff. <laughs> And (laughs) he said he's never told them why he does it, but they all think he's a wizard because even with the double staff, they're tearing their hair out with all the extra calls. And certainly drives will crash, but he's he's got the fix He's ready for it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. Well, I think it just, you know, uh, this is such, it's such a personal thing. It's the way we interact with the universe. And I think astrology has so much to teach us about uh, our place in the universe. It's rhythms, rhythms, rhythms. You see that the the sun, that's the measure of our year. Our our year is measured by the rotation of the sun around, or the earth around the sun anyway. So it's 365 point something days. The moon was the original measure of the month. Mm -hmm. But each of the planets is a clock. They're all clocks. Right. And they all measure a different rhythm. The solar rhythm is one rhythm. The lunar rhythm, solar rhythm doesn't affect tides. The lunar rhythm affects the tides. Mm -hmm. And each of the rhythms, each of the planets is a clock that affects other parts of the rhythms of our lives. And it's just magical to watch these rhythms play. And, boy, we're never going to get to our topic, but this is okay. I was listening to a young physicist talk about infinity, Mm -hmm. and he says that in physics, there are two kinds of infinity, really. There's the big infinity, the infinity of gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And this man, Nassim Haramein, says that the 
physicist's word for that kind of infinity is nasty infinity. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there is another kind of infinity, which is you can divide and divide and divide and divide and divide and divide and never finish dividing. Right. You can, there's the infinity of smallness, too. Mm-hmm. And any, any birth chart contains an infinity of patterns within it. I mean, this sounds really kind of like a funny way to use the phrase, but within the chart, there was a cartoon years ago where it showed a little boy chasing a fly, trying to get him to go out of the living room, and it tracked the path of the fly all over the living room. The open window was over there, the open door was over there, and the page was almost black with the path of the fly that went everywhere Mm. except to the open door and the open window. (laughs) (laughs) That infinite pattern that the fly can literally make infinitely within the room without ever going to the door or the window (laughs) is in fractal, in chaos science called a strange attractor. Hmm. And everyone has one in their heartbeat. Nobody's heartbeat pattern will look like yours and yours will never as much as it varies go outside a certain basic shape right well and then fingerprints too fingerprints too yeah your fingerprint can vary but it's always going to be yours right and it's always unique and it's always unique an infinity of uniqueness yeah so so within the chart we have an infinite way of expressing the chart details but let's say you've got um a basic Saturnian chart, something that um, Marsilio Ficino in the 1400s called a melancholy chart. Mm. There may be many ways that person will develop with this so-called melancholy chart. He may become a very great business leader. He may become a philosopher and think serious thoughts. He may become utterly depressed and unable to function. Mm. What he won't become is the um, Midsummer Night's Dream, jovial, funny, everything's lighthearted person. Right. He might become a comedian, but he's not lighthearted. Mm-hmm. So he's an infinity of expression within the realm of his chart. Beautiful. So, since we've got an infinity of expressions within the realms of our chart, the question is, how can we make, how can we tweak them? <laughs> can we tweak them? <laughs> right, right, right. Because we, well, we're going to talk about remedies, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about remedies, and I think I think part of it is also that um, we do have a certain degree of free will. Um, so, you know, uh, we will all have uh, different aspects of our chart, and to a large extent, um, you know, that, that defines an environment within which we live, but it's up to us how we react to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and given what, you just, what you've just said, um, a person with a melancholy chart, with a lot of Saturn in their chart, um, you know, they can, in a sense, succumb to that and let themselves become a depressed, morose kind of person. Or they can choose, in, at least in my opinion, they can choose, and it, it may take a lot of work, but they can choose a, a, a higher ex, um, expression of Saturn. Absolutely, they can, yeah. You know, where and that's they, where knowledge is power. 
What do right. I do with this energy? Tell right. me. Okay, here are some alternatives. Well, and that and that I think is where the remedial measures, um, spiritual measures, are uh, are going to come in because um, a person who um, <clears throat> can use astrology to say, okay, you know, I have a strong Saturn. Um, let me do some Saturn mantras or some some uh, Saturn uh, related activities. Um, so that I can come to grips with is really not quite the the um, the right term. It's more like live in harmony with or or maximize the yeah. the benefits that come from a, you know having uh, so much Saturn in in in, a, in my chart. Um, that's a great expression of free will because I think it's you know it's um, it gives us the ability to 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 have influence life. And, of course, you can do things in the outside world. Um, Saturn is obviously great for service. But you can also do things in the inner environment, um, like meditation, like mantra japa, that sort of thing. And um, Marsilio Ficino, the 15th century philosopher and astrologer, Mm -hmm. considered himself a Saturnian, a melancholy person. He he wrote often of his... um, affliction by Saturn and of the ways that he had developed to work on that energy. And one of the, I mean, as a result of that intense, heavy energy, he thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and wrote. And here, you know, 500, 600 years later, we still know the man, or some of us do. Mm-hmm. I mean, his work can be found in any library. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, there's Saturn is also duration. <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 <laughs> sure. So, you know, people who, who are listening to this podcast are well aware of Pujanet. And, you know, that's all about the traditional uh, Vedic remedies in the forms of, of yagyas, homam, and uh, pujas. Um, okay, and that's one, that's one way that, to accomplish it. But you, and um, are, are, in my mind, an expert at sort of the little things that we can do on a day-by-day basis that they don't really cost money. It's more a matter of, of you know, developing a sensitivity to the planets and their expressions and then sort of living with them. So, well, i got to tell you a story now. Okay. Because when I started studying Vedic astrology, it wasn't too long before I ran into the concept of pujas and yagyas to ameliorate difficult patterns. Mm -hmm. At the time, everything I looked up about pujas and yagyas was, they were, you know, somewhere between $2,000 and $25,000 each. (laughs) And this was not exactly in my budget. And skeptic that I am, I thought, hmm, this sounds like a handy scam to me. And so this was long before you started Pujanet. But I finally learned of the Amaji Pujas, which are planetary Pujas, and it's like $35, or at least it was at that time, per planet. And I have a Saturnian chart. I have a melancholy chart. Not always melancholy, but there were a number of years when I was. Sure. So I said, okay, if I am talking to clients and this is a system that they need to know about, I need to tell them. But if it's a fake, I don't want to tell them. 
Right. So I decided to select the planets in my chart that were very much associated with a tendency toward depression. One was my Saturn aspects the ascendant and its conjunct Mercury, the mind. Mm. Another is my Jupiter, which is the planet generally associated with optimism, is debilitated in Saturn's sign in the 12th. Mm-hmm. And then Rahu is, I was in a Rahu Dasha, so I figured, well, I'll, I'll grab Rahu too, because it's in Jupiter's sign, so it's going to act like Jupiter. So I did these four planets, and I did the moon, because the moon is also state of mind. So I filled out the form, sent it away to India, waited. Someday they were going to send me back some um, prasham, is that the word? Oh, prasadam, prasadam, yes. Prasadam. Yes, right. And I didn't know when it was going to be done. I had a pretty intense job at that time, and I had gathered up all of my energy to go down to a meeting about 40 miles from where I lived. And I came back from the meeting, and anybody who's dealt with uh, periods of depression will know that after you've grabbed all of your energy to go do something, and then you do it, you crash. (laughs) So I was on the way down, and I can still still see the landscape on the road. I was right across from a a woodlot where they sold fireplace wood. And suddenly I was crashing, and I could not. It was like there was a steel floor way before the basement. It was like on the second floor of this house I was crashing into. There was a steel floor, and I couldn't crash into it or through it. I just stopped. I could not go down. Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised that this is embarrassing to admit, but I tried again. (laughs) (laughs) And I still couldn't go down. And I could not go. I couldn't fall into that pit at all for three Mm. months. Wow. For six months, that it, it was open, but I had retrained myself to stop at the second floor. <laughs> yeah. And over that next six months, it was more of a permeable thing, but I didn't, I didn't have to fall into the pit. I was so shocked that that's when I started really playing with different remedy systems. And and the way I try to describe it to people who, particularly a lot of my clients are Westerners, who it's enough of a stretch to talk to an astrologer, it's almost impossible for them to understand how giving a green plant to a playground might help something. So the way I describe it is if you've ever gone to the supermarket and gotten a shopping cart that has a wheel that is out of round Mm -hmm. or is dislodged and won't work right, Mm -hmm. you know that you're spending most of your effort in the grocery store trying to control the cart, and you're real likely to forget things if you don't have your list written down. Right. And to me, I see the planets as spheres, which function in our life when they're nice and round and filled out and fluffy. And if they're if they're like a beach ball that's gone flat or if they're not whole and functioning, they stumble us up in our lives. We have to spend a lot of extra time using the rest of our energy to fix this flat. Mm -hmm. And to me, 
all of the remedy systems are designed to reinflate deflated planets. I don't know <laughs> if that's a good image for Jupiter. It's pretty inflated as it is. But, gee, there's nothing wrong with a little more optimism. Absolutely, I'm yeah. Debilitated Jupiter person. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how I got started in it. Well, and and I think that's I think that's great because the um, the the comment that uh, people have in various forms after they start the yagyas has always been that the the effects sort of grow with time, and that there is what I've come to describe as a zone of protection, um, where. Uh, you know, problems and, and, and life, life does not become numb. I mean, we, we, you know, we still live in the real world and we have problems to solve. But they don't touch us the way they used to. And more often than not, when we have a problem to solve, it seems that the solution um, is more readily available or more readily apparent to us. And I, I think that's um, mm-hmm. probably a pretty good way. There was also um, a client of yours who... Um, uh, was a real estate agent who was deeply in debt when you referred her to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she started with the Pujas. And it's interesting because I, I think it is a combination of things that that um, <clears throat> very quickly uh, circumstances for her changed. And yet one would have to say, well, you know, did circumstances change or did her ability to make use of the circumstances she already have change because she wasn't as as uh, as stressed um i mean it's a very interesting question and uh, the one tricky thing about um these remedies is that they really it's a subjective thing there really is no objectivity and yet i don't think that really matters i yeah i don't think it matters either i think if you feel better about something that's a remedy if, right. if the if if you're wanting better physical health and you're doing a whole bunch of pujas and your physical health pretty much doesn't change, what I've noticed is your ability to deal with the health condition improves. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It isn't a sudden thing. It's it's a gradual thing. Well, for me, it was a sudden thing. And I do think that you often will get a sudden initial response and then then it accumulates after that. Right, right, very much so, very much so. And and there are lots of types of remedies. I think most people familiar with Indian astrology are familiar with gemstone remedies. Mm-hmm. And I tend to be rather, I love gemstones. I absolutely love gemstones. And, and I've done a lot of playing around with gemstones to see how they affect me and and I've made some interesting discoveries of my own on, on gemstones for debilitated planets and stuff. But the difficulty with gemstones is that they strengthen a planet for good and for ill. Mm. So there are times when a planet that may need a little bit more strength in your chart also can cause some difficulties. And I remember Bepin Bahari telling a story of a young businessman who came to him concerned about his wife who was going blind. And the man was wearing a huge yellow sapphire. Mm. And based on his chart, which I don't have the information for, Bahari said, 
Well, first of all, you've got to take off that sapphire. It's damaging your wife's eyesight. Yeah. And we're not saying that a yellow sapphire will damage the eyesight of a spouse in other conditions is very specific to this man's chart. Right. But the man said, well, but five years ago I was going out of business. My business was so bad that I was considering having to go bankrupt. And an astrologer told me to wear this yellow sapphire, and my business turned around, and it's been very successful since then. Right. And Bahari said, yes, that's true. It's very good for your business, and it's very bad for your wife's eyesight. <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> well, and I think I think that um, I personally have a little bit of trouble with um, with gemstones only because I think ultimately the only way out of this mess is to work through your karma. Yeah. And I'm not sure how gemstones really match up with that, um, that sense specific. of that. He says yeah. that you don't take it with you. You know, anything that you've, any changes you've made to your karma by charity and service and, mm -hmm. and um, spiritual growth, you take with you after your body dies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the gemstone stays in the <laughs> coffin or stays with the family. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It there hasn't you go. changed your karma in, in a long-term sense. Right. And, and so, we were talking about karma, and, and you know the, the Sanskrit words for it, but I, to me, you, and you'll fill in the words here, but this life is this big pot all of our lives is this great big pot. You could almost think of it a great big soup mm -hmm. of karma. And in each life, we stick the ladle in and pull out some. Right. And sometimes we get the good pieces, and sometimes we don't get the good pieces. And I suspect sometimes we go fishing for the good pieces before we come or decide we're going to get rid of all the bad ones at once so that all the future ones will be good. So in my opinion, the good or bad quality of this given life is not simply reward or punishment it's kind of potluck well i think it's potluck i think also that you know as, as you would well know uh, reading a person's chart um we're all we we're born with great strengths and we're born with great weaknesses it's always a a mixed uh, a mixed bag um you know because the purpose of life is is to learn to grow um yeah. and if 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 we were done um, either we would be some exalted soul here on earth or <laughs> we wouldn't be here. <laughs> but we're here and so we're this uh, big mix of, uh, of, you know, strengths and weaknesses or, you know, the strong parts and the challenged parts. I don't know how you want to call it. And I think that <clears throat> one of the things that, that astrology also can help people with is a sort of a clear-eyed view of, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and then you can decide what you want to do about it. Um, you can do you can do gemstones. Um, you can do pujas and yagyas and meditation and mantra japa and um, you know we're going to run out of time here fairly quickly. But you you have do you, um, a PDF book, don't you, on 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 remedial measures? Yes, I do. And if anybody's interested, it's. Um nine dollars the ebook uh -huh. and they can just drop me an email 
or we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes for this okay. for this show. Okay. The the easiest thing until I get my website up and running is to drop me an email and let me know you're going to uh PayPal me the $9 and then I can send the book to you. I don't want to tell you to just go PayPal me because if you don't have enough information in that right. um right. I I won't be able to fill your order. Well, we'll we'll get that part streamlined for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So but tell me, yeah. tell them, uh, why don't we, we, you know, in the four minutes that we've got left, why don't you talk about what's in the book? Because I think it's just an amazing compilation of all kinds of remedies that mm-hmm. um, you really can't find anyplace else. And I, I just, I love it and I, I uh, uh, keep it as a reference all the time. Uh, okay. As an astrologer wanting to, you know, help people say, you know, it's one thing to sign up for a puja that's going to take place in India. But it's also helpful to say, okay, now what you want to do is, you know, yes, every every Saturday go person, feed some birds. Yeah. Taking personal responsibility, uh, particularly people who are very wealthy, sometimes throwing money at a problem isn't what they need to do for their own spiritual growth. Right. And so taking personal responsibility is really important. And what, what I – what I've done with this is I've arranged the book by the day of the week because it's important to do the right exercise on the right day of the week for the greatest effect. Mm-hmm. And I've arranged the days of the week to correspond to the um, main indicators of planets. So this book is written for non-astrologers. Mm. Basically, if you have difficulties with children, this book is going to be doing Jupiter Remedies because Jupiter is the karaka, the indicator, the planetary ruler mm-hmm. of children. Now, in your own birth chart, there may be another planet in charge of children. And if you talk to an astrologer, you can find out what that is and do those remedies as well. But this is a good start if you don't have access to an astrologer, you don't have the whatever, mm-hmm. and you want to just try things because most of the things in there, after I talk about probably don't use gemstones and call Ben for pujas. <laughs> Most of the things are almost completely free. And they have to do with lighting specific colored candles on specific days, surrounding with the candle with objects that are related to that planet's energy. So a Saturn candle would be a blue candle on a Saturday, surrounded with pictures of old people, mm. pictures of, well, certainly um, a Shiva image would be a lovely image mm-hmm. for that. Any deity, and, and I've got lists of all the different religious deities that are archetypally similar. Mm. So for a moon, we talked about um, another week, you would want to do any kind of divine mother image with a white candle on a Monday, moon's day. Mm. Saturday is Saturn's day. And so Divine Mother, um, Mary, there are many, many, many different cultural archetypes that fit the same image. So just surrounding your candle with these images and saying a brief mantra for the planet, and some mantras are included, is a huge thing. In fact, for about eight years, I did this every single day. Mm. And even though I was very poor during that eight-year period, 
Yeah. I was amazed at how smoothly things worked and how things fell into place. And just when I absolutely had to have money for this, something would show up. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed to smooth the bumps in my life at that time. So that's one. Then I've even gone on to other things inspired by Carolyn Casey, who wrote a very, and by Marsilio Ficino, which inspired Carolyn also. You can do, you can draw yantras. Mm -hmm. You can draw pictures of gods or goddesses. You can write mantras over and over. Mm -hmm. You can dance to the energy of I mean, there's so many creative ways that you can express this. And I have a pet theory that creativity in all of its form is an expression of love. And love is the, the principle upon which the universe was built. So the creative part of this, I think, uplifts as well. Mm. So basically, there's for the seven planets and the two nodes of the moon, Rahu and Ketu, a whole set of little exercises. And then I've got um, contemporary stuff on Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. There isn't anything in the old tradition because they are relatively new. Right. Simple. No, I, I, yeah, I think that's yeah. really great. And I will, um, uh, when we post this show, I will make sure that your website address is there. And uh, what we'll also do is uh, we'll post like a sample chapter or something so people can have a look. Because great. I think that um, the great the great value of of astrology, uh, particularly Jyotish Hindu astrology, is that it's full of hope. Um, it's it's sort of a clear eyed view of where you are, and it gives you plenty of things that you can do to make it better. Mm-hmm. So good, wonderful. Well, thank you, Anne, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Okay.